0: As it is February already, though, that means Valentine's Day is just around the corner. So we're going to revisit an interview with Joseph Pribble, licensed marriage and family therapist, where he shares some tips on strengthening your marriage. Let's listen together. So, Joe, what are some of the common grievances that married couples are seeking to resolve through marriage counseling? What, what, What tends to be at the root of those issues?
1: Sure. Sure. You know, there's a lot of issues that uh, might arise for couples that would um, have them come to therapy, and unsurprisingly, those things are often uh, issues like uh, the couple uh, getting upset or having trouble finding enough time to spend with one another. Um, they they have trouble kind of connecting through a sense of uh, the other person being sensitive enough to what one person might be struggling with or going through. They might um, uh, be uh, just uh, bickering or arguing about you know, not having enough help from the other person with stuff happening at home or with the kids. Financial issues are always uh, a common thing that bring people in, intimacy issues, parenting concerns, betrayals. All of these things are pretty common. Um, and the good news is that therapy can be very helpful for helping couples to uh, address these things. And when you ask about what the roots of these issues are, um, not to oversimplify it, but but if I put it under one larger umbrella, what I tend to look at is that uh, conflicts uh, arise around these things oftentimes because of an anxiety that comes from an uncertainty over whether one's spouse can say confidently that the other person is there for me. Mm -hmm. Now, that might not be a a a conscious question that they're asking themselves. But somewhere deeper down, there's this this sense of, you know, I want to feel secure in what's Mm -hmm. happening, and I'm not feeling that security. And when there's doubt there, then negative emotions can begin to stir, and a person can uh, then seek to gain reassurance from the other person, but that often comes out in ways that are not always very productive. And I think of anger as, as one example of how people try to express to the other one that I'm needing something, I'm, I'm, I'm lacking some confidence or some connection and I'm wanting it from you, um, it tends to get the other person defensive and you can see how this can go back and forth and, and escalate things. So yeah. therapy really tries to help couples kind of uh, be guided through that, that process of, of looking beneath the surface to address what's underneath and helping them feel more secure and connected with one another
0: ok, so that said, how do we begin to attack? what i hear what what I hear you saying, Joe, is that that uh, it really oftentimes boils down to that confidence that the other person is there for me. And that's that's one of the things that that seems seeks to, or it does, uh, manifest itself in a number and variety of ways, some less helpful ways. So, how do we begin to address that and tackle that uh, even early on, even before we're recognizing that there's a serious problem here? Is that is that something that marriage counseling, even at an early f- stage, is helpful?
1: Sure, I think so, and I think you know even before you know a couple might be married, um, you know, as they're going through kind of a a process of discerning what um, what might be in store for them in terms of just you know the possibility of of married life. uh, I think it's helpful to just you know recall that we all come from some place, we all have experience in relationships with others, and um, we want to perhaps think about you know where have I felt uh, you know confident in in, in having that secure connection with somebody else? What experiences have led me to feel that? If I haven't had much of that, then I think uh, we we want to take more time um, to develop that experience with somebody. And and that means taking risks, and, and that can be scary because if I don't know if in taking a risk with somebody else, um, in small or great things, uh, that that person is going to respond in the way that I needed them to, then I'm likely to experience this kind of anxiety that I was talking about before, so we want to take at least um, a, a chance uh, starting small with with taking uh, those risks with somebody else and it might be something such as just you know revealing something about oneself that is generally not what someone would share with somebody else, and that doesn't mean you know sharing your deepest, darkest, or most embarrassing experience with somebody else, but just taking a chance to say, you know this is something that you know." happened to me, you know, last week or last month or 10 years ago or what have you. And, and, and this is the way that I see it, you know, having kind of uh, impacted me uh, over this amount of time. And, um, and, you know, that's opening oneself up to the other person and to be able to respond. Ideally, the other person will respond in a way that's affirming, one that is uh, empathetic. And that gives more confidence in knowing that, okay, yes, you are there for me, you can take what i 'm sharing with you, and it doesn 't cause you to fear or run away or back off, but it keeps you engaged, and that helps me to feel more confident mm.
0: great points and i 'm not even sure where to where to pick up on those because there are some some great uh, great advice there in in terms of opening oneself up and as you said, as is appropriate to the stage of the relationship and everything. But uh, any any particular, especially, you know, our our hearts kind of turn towards uh, the relationships that we're in, specifically the relationship for married couples that you're in with your spouse around this time of the year, around Valentine's Day. Any suggestions for how, in addition to, I won't say in lieu of, but in addition to the chocolates and the flowers and the dinner and that sort of thing, what's something, what's some tangible ways that we might open ourselves up to the other in conversation or in other ways.
1: Yeah, well, I think you know that we're approaching Valentine's Day. It's a nice built-in uh, opportunity within our, our our calendar and our schedules to kind of take a good, uh, a better look at where we're we're at and what we want to you know emphasize and and focus on as it comes to being a couple. We can think of you know, Valentine's Day as one day, or we can think of our our marriage as a vocation that happens every day, right? And and then decide. That there are little ways uh, that that we ought to and probably need to uh, uh, take advantage of to to stay connected, especially when life kind of pulls us in a lot of different directions. So, you know, thinking practically, um, you know, small things like um, you know staying in contact in some form or another, whether it's by sending you know short emails or text messages or just noting that you know I'm I'm praying for you or I'm. Uh, you know, thinking about you in some way, maybe, you know, it's just kind of leaving a nice a nice note or some kind of treat. I mean, candy is, is a gift to be given, I think, all year round, not just on Valentine's Day. <laughs> I think it's okay <laughs> to even be, uh, you know, planting a few chocolates here and there um, if that's uh, something that, uh, you know, is a way that you demonstrate affection and is a form of affection that's well-received by, mm-hmm. by your spouse. So, um, <clears throat> you know, just ways to demonstrate that I'm I'm thinking of you and and because you're important to me.
0: Right. And that seems to follow on well with what you were saying before, is that uh, if, if the issues really go down to, can I trust that you're there, you're going to be there for me, uh, even when there might not be a presenting crisis at hand, it seems like it's always a good idea to remind your spouse that, hey, I am thinking of you, or hey, even though you didn't ask for me to uh, you are going through my mind, and I want to do something tangible to express that, to show you that. And so, um, yeah, I know text messages are, are a way that uh, my wife and I tend to do that. We tend to uh, just send each other, "Hey, just thinking of you, love you," or something like that, which has really helped. It's helped a lot. But let's uh, let's talk about uh, married couples with children for a minute, Joe. Uh, it's presumed to be tough to devote time to one another in the midst of corralling children and the overall experience of parenthood. So what are some helpful ways to reconnect throughout the day amidst the craziness of parenting when you add the children into the mix as well? Right. I
1: think, you know, it definitely does get tough when there are, you know, kids that uh, are, are there and need a lot of attention. And of course, parenting is a a full-time job and then some, um, and yet we don't want to lose sight of the fact that you know the foundation on which you know our family exists is um, us as a couple, and and what flows through that is how we do with one another. Our kids benefit from that as well. So therefore, you know, if you want to think of it as a built-in excuse to say, okay, this is a time for you know me and my spouse uh, to really just be able to focus on one another um that's that's a necessary element i think of of you know the uh, the relationship the marriage relationship but also you know for the benefit of the family as well so it's tough sure you know especially if you're you know planning some kind of night out or something and needing to find somebody to to watch the kids that can be a, an effort sometimes too um but <clears throat> you know can things that you do as a family be also looked at as you know this is something that between a husband and wife this is for us primarily but we're you know and the kids might be in tow but they're you know having fun along with us but really you know we're we're mindful and even explicit with one another about the fact that you know we're doing this so that we stay connected so that we can feel like you know we are close even if you know we're also having to tend to the kids at the same time
0: right right well and i think that is is an important point to say that well yeah uh that we're we're trying to connect with one another in the midst of, of uh connecting through the kids too, that we're that we're still we're still there, we're still needing that, even though the the kids do and probably rightly so take up a lot of our attention and our focus, but it's still important for the sake of parenting and parenting together that we continue to look out for one another. So good tips, Joe, but I'm I'm thinking in my own life and I'm guessing some of our listeners are thinking too, is that how can I actually stick with these? How can I actually incorporate them into my life and then make them a regular part of my habit of of speaking with my spouse? So, any ideas about how one can really work towards having these new these new suggestions stick?
1: Yeah, you know, I it, it can sound rather simple, but uh, I think sometimes, like when you know, I take the uh, example of you know, making a New Year's resolution. So many of us make them, and we might stick with them for a, a, a while into the new year, but so often they kind of fade into the distance, right. um, and I think oftentimes that happens just because, you know, the resolution remains in our minds. It's it's an idea that we have, and we're holding ourselves accountable to it with just that idea in mind, and when it's just an idea, it has no physical form, and we can shape it any way we want, and therefore, when we get busy, we can just decide that, well, yeah, I'll, I'll alter this resolution in some way or this idea, and it will be you know, easier for me to kind of... Um, Sometimes just put by the side and and you know let it go. So a simple thing, sometimes that's quite helpful, is just you know taking an idea and giving it physical form, just by writing it down, um, having it there in front of me. That this is my idea. This is what I want to do, and you know, maybe sharing it with one spouse or maybe the the two spouses are putting this down together. That this is you know what we have as a goal. Um, but you know taking it perhaps in in small chunks too, that you know we might mm-hmm. think of like you know well, by the end of this year, you know here 's where we want to be with our relationship, and that 's fine, but what are the small steps that need to be taken to get to that larger goal and focus more on the near term so that we can see the progress that we 're making and feel good about the success we 're having? I think that will you know breed more confidence and and enthusiasm to keep going so it's not not necessarily an earth-shattering kind of idea but you know the simpler the better i think if it certainly helps
0: so, and just back to kind of an original question too, Joe, as, as couples are kind of thinking, yeah, yeah, all this sounds good. I think we'd like to lay it out and maybe they try it for a few months or something like that. And there doesn't seem to be the progress that they were hoping for making. Is that an okay time to involve a, a, a counselor or a therapist in, in that sort of situation, even though things aren't dire at that point?
1: Sure. I, I, think, you know, a lot of people look at, at marriage counseling or couples counseling as something to do when problems, uh, do arise, but, and that's certainly what it's there for, um, but it's also, you know, something that can be engaged before anything becomes a major issue. So, um, helping couples with the dynamics that they'd like to achieve, even when things are going pretty well, you know, is something that a therapist is, is going to be trained, uh, to uh, guide and, and lead a couple through, and it's, it's all about having that experience, and I think that's, you know, what can be so powerful with therapy, is just that you get this individualized attention, and, and you get to have this experience with your spouse that maybe isn't common for you, and that develops something new and creates more of a sense of connection.
0: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, Joe, we're grateful for your your advice, your tips here, and I'm thinking even, you know, I might treat my wife to a to a Valentine's Day dinner and and you know, maybe maybe the first step in terms of implementing some of the things that you suggested today is just to have the conversation saying, "Hey, how might we grow closer together in the midst of our of our marriage?" and um and just say, "You know, I was doing this interview with this guy named Joe." <laughs> so Right. So, great idea. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, Joe Probable, we are so grateful that you joined us here on Practicing Catholic. May God bless you and your continued work.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I have enjoyed this time, and God bless you and all the listeners as well.
0: As a reminder, you can listen to this and all of our podcasted interviews on your favorite podcasting platform. Just search for Practicing Catholic Show on that platform, or you can always go to practicingcatholicshow.com. And just a reminder, fill out our listener survey. Two to three minutes tops would help us out a lot over there at practicingcatholicshow.com. Coming up next on the show, I'll just bet you know someone who is stricken with some form of illness. When we come back, a special way you can lift them up in prayer. Stay with us.